Birds FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Pastor Devin O'Neill. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Tuesday, March 21st in the year 2023. I actually said the year wrong in my earlier show. I can't believe it. It's like I was in a time warp or something. Patriots, tonight we have a great interview with Pastor Devin O'Neill. I think you'll enjoy him. It's somebody I met back at the uh, Covenant uh, Festival that the and back in Pilgrim or in uh, Plymouth Rock with the with the Resistance Chicks last fall. And he and I hit it off right away. He's doing some great work with First Nations and doing a whole project this summer on revival along the Trail of Tears, which he'll tell you about in the interview tonight. One of the things that's becoming very evident, however, as we continue to watch this, is the insanity is increasing, and the, the stretch on people's lives is increasing. And what, that's, what I'm meaning by that is the system is falling apart. It is completely collapsing around us. Everything that we knew that we may have held sacred in whatever form is starting to collapse, and it's starting to show up in a lot of different forms. People are, are lashing out at each other. People are reacting to small things. We've had some ridiculous conversations going on, in my opinion, in Telegram today, spending more time talking about yoga than we are talking about kids being sacrificed and, and trafficked. But that's the sensitivity of things. And I'm just going to clarify something because it all came from a comment that I said last night when I was just laughing at the idea that someone was making a big deal about yoga coming from, from the devil. And I'm going to tell you something. If you are going to worship anything other than God, you're following Lucifer's path. But I don't, I don't get into these ridiculous worships that people do. I don't, I've, I don't do yoga. But if you're going to do yoga and you're going to do it in the Hindi sense and do all that as a religion, then you walk that path. But when I refer to yoga, it's a series of exercises, and it's a category of them. We're getting so nuts here on this stupid stuff that people are, are losing their entire perspective. I had someone write today that all Eastern, all Eastern ways of doing exercise are evil. Well, that's funny. I guess the about the largest Christian block of people rising up in the world are in China. I guarantee you they do Tai Chi. And oh my goodness, I guess they are doomed for hell. Just like I said in the earlier show today, if you pray on your knees, I would caution you then because the Japanese art of the sword, which is based in Zen Buddhism, begins on its knees. Buddhism, Zen Buddhism's primary stance is Zazen. It's on its knees. Don't get ridiculous. It's the intent of the heart. And if you don't have the intent of the heart with Jesus, you're off track. But if you're also going to lynch away from everything and react, we're just in pregame, folks. Everyone's going to get stretched here. 
And the whole message here is very simple. You know where my worship is, so don't come wailing at me because I say something like I'm laughing at the people reacting to yoga. If you're following that path, yours to own. But if you don't have Jesus in your heart, I'm clear where I stand. I do not fear the devil. Get that clear. And the person you're going to hear tonight doesn't either. But when we start wincing back at all of this nonsense, I'm telling you, people are just showing their fear in life is what's coming through here. And you're, things are falling apart. People are reacting. They're getting afraid. They're like, oh, my goodness, the devil, the devil. Devil, get behind me. Jesus is here with me. Get out of my way because I'm not going to wince at it. That's who I am. So as a final word on that, I just want to be clear. Man, I respect people here in this community. If you're going to get on our Telegram page and start whining about hating me about it, find another home. It's that simple. Okay? I don't, and I respect you for it. I bless you for your trip. I'm glad you're here. But there comes a point in time if you aren't courageous enough to realize you may be in the wrong place, you're just weak then. If you're going to come in here and try to sow division and hatred, that's not the place to be. All right? So I love you all, but don't be sowing hatred and division right now. That's the devil at its work. And I'm clear where I stand. No one should even be questioning where my stand is in loyalty to Father God. End of story. So patriots, before we begin tonight, the one thing they are waging on and the one thing they're doing hard is coming after the food. Make sure you have good emergency supplies on hand. It's important. Patriots, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com Patriots, no time to waste. Sovereignty begins with food security. Check it out. MyPatriotSupply.com Great company, great things to have as a base supplies, emergency food that you can take with us, take with you if you need to move out. And they'll always be there on your shelf for a long time, so check them out. Patriots, I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview. Devin is a wonderful man. When he and I met back at the Covenant Conference or rally, however they called that, the resistance chicks had, it was literally like we'd known each other our whole life. We picked up a conversation. We were talking about a lot of the same things. He's been called in a lot of the same ways that I have. Really a lot of respect for him. So I'm glad to introduce you to Pastor Devin O'Neill. Patriots, I am really honored today to have somebody that I've recently met with, when I say recently, in the last six months or so, Pastor Devin O'Neill. And we met up at the Resistance Chicks, the Covenant rally that they had up in uh, Plymouth Rock. And he and I didn't know each other. And we sat down over a burger and started talking. And it was like we had known each other 
our whole life with similar passions, similar orientations. But I'm going to tell you, as I got to listen to Pastor Devin O'Neill, this man has so much deep knowledge of our history, so much deep knowledge of the of the Word of God within our culture. It's just inspiring. So I'm really honored to have him. And Devin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, uh, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, we, we probably did know each other before time began and uh, just got to connect here on planet Earth. <laughs> I think that's probably right. So why don't you start a little bit just to put some things in context and tell people a bit about yourself? Okay. Well, um, so at about age 33, uh, I, I sold out to Jesus, had been living a life of drug addiction and just selfishness and uh, had this oh, unbelievable spiritual encounter. And God rocked my world, and I, and, I, and I knew I had to make a decision to sell out to the Lord. So I did. Not long after that, the Lord uh, began to ask me to help others that are trying to get their lives on track. And uh, my wife uh, took this girl in, and after that, um, she wanted to bring her best friend in the home. And it was kind of foreign to me. And then this girl was married to the leader of the Sons of Silence. And I'm like, this makes no sense. This is not a good idea. And, and right in the middle of my great argument, the Lord speaks to me and he says, whatever you've done to the least one of these, you've done it unto me. And so I was like, oh, my God. I said, God's asking me to bring crazy women into my house. And so for 14 years, we took up to 12 women into our own home, me and my wife. And um, unbelievable things happened when we saw people healed HIV and learned about deliverance and God's taught us about strongholds. We ministered in the inner city areas of uh, Baton Rouge, an area called Zion city. After God showed us how to deal with strongholds in people's hearts, he then moved us to dealing with a strong man on a street corner and showed us how to shut down uh, one of the main drug corners in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We saw a man risen from the dead. There it was cast the devil out of the store owner and it, it just shut the corner down. Uh, no more drugs being dealt on that corner. Um, and then, you know, God began to move us into, uh, regional strongholds and, and begin to just teach us how, how the spiritual realm works. And most people don't know this, like, you know, there is a craft, like they say witchcraft. And so what, what that, those are fallen angels that operate on, on, in the legal realm, but on the wrong, the other side from Christians. And a lot of Christians don't know anything about it, but if we understand how it works, it causes you to be a lot more effective in the battle, if you know what I mean, Scott. Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest pieces is uh, that I talk about so much, and, and this is bringing in yet more layers of this, but the whole show here has been built on two pillars, faith and knowledge. And knowledge is that knowledge that comes ultimately from the Holy Spirit and Father God. And as you say, as we, we gain that knowledge, we gain the tools and the ability to operate, I would almost say ruthlessly, in that other realm to combat the evil and to, to excise it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so that's what God's had us moving on. We really believe that the Lord has shown us, um, how the enemy gained access to America. And so in our travels with the Lord and, and the Lord teaching us, just like you said, um, we started understanding how this realm worked and God began to teach us how to be effective in that warfare. So right now what we're working on, we, we've done uh, three One Blood revivals that were designed to deal with the legal rights behind the principality of prejudice and the principality of antichrist. And these two spirits, these principalities were really what our 
our founding fathers, what they fled from. So the pilgrims were fleeing religious persecution and tyranny. And so, and they came here to, to, but those spirits tried to come into the country after them. And we're still contending with them today. I mean, you don't have to be that smart. You can see the spirit of antichrist, you know, in, in our country and we have tyranny and, you know, the race wars, all this, these are principalities that we're dealing with. What uh, God began to speak to us about, you know, the race wars that happened behind George Floyd and the coronavirus and uh, the election fraud, he began to tell us that this stronghold had to do with the Native Americans. And so we didn't understand the whole depth of it at first, but most people don't, I don't know if they know this or not, but uh, the coronavirus was actually developed in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And so God, through a dream, showed us um, that the thing that gave it a legal right, that demonic gate to be open there, was the Trail of Tears. Um, most people don't understand what happened, but so uh, the Masons, uh, Andrew Jackson was a 33-degree level Mason. They decided the Indian removal in the Masonic Hall uh, in Franklin, Tennessee. And the reason was is he wanted to, the the enemy wanted to do something that would give them legal access to our land, and that was the purpose behind it. If you look at Albert Pike's book, and that's the uh, the first location of our Trail of Tears uh, tent revival tour this year. We got seven revivals, all dealing with strongholds, and it's absolutely mind blowing. But Albert Pike wrote a book called Morals and Dogma, and it lays out all three world wars designed to bring us into a dictatorship of the Antichrist. So this is literally what we're fighting right now, Scott. Um, so uh, God began to talk to us, you know, about the coronavirus. But what he was saying is these race wars, the coronavirus, and then what's happening with elections was all designed to take the liberties of the people away, almost just like what was done in the uh, garden. So man is given authority in the garden, and then the devil says, oh, you know, man's got authority. So I, he wanted that authority. He goes into the garden. He accuses God to Eve. Eve gets offended. She feels entitled to rebel, and when she does that, he steals the authority of man away. Now, this is what such a profound principle and legal thing that even God can't get around. Okay, God himself had to come on earth and die to actually regain that legal uh, access that, that mankind could once again have the spiritual authority on earth and access back to God because it actually separated man in a large degree from the Lord. Well, uh, this is something we've recently come across. It's just really uh, mind-blowing. I don't know. You're, probably some of your viewers have seen this video, Absolute Proof, that Mike, Mike Lindell made. If you look on the cyber footprint, with that that video he made, that most of the cyber footprint is exactly over the Cherokee Nation. And there's a reason. This is why. So I began this year, God began to uh, show me John Ross. He's the principal chief of the Cherokees. And he wrote a rebuttal against the uh, the Indian removal. And if you look and see how that this is so this is the exact place we are today, but we're actually reaping the fruit of it. And so. Uh, John Ross was a very intelligent person. He was a Christian. His daughter was in the Moravian uh, school in Salem, North Carolina at the time of the Indian removal. John Ross fights the court case all the way to the Supreme Court. He wins the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said it is unconstitutional to remove these Indians from their land. And so uh, Andrew Jackson keeps doing what he's doing. He said, well, let's see if he can enforce it. Then um, he 
John Ross sends some people, and he goes with them. They have a delegation. They go try to talk to Andrew Jackson. He won't listen to him. They leave. Andrew Jackson goes circles around, gets some Cherokees that are not actually the sanctioned government, gets them to sign a treaty known as the New Echota. Now, the New Echota is signed in Georgia. What was the centerpiece for the election fraud? In, in, it was in Georgia, right? Yes. Okay, so this is the Indian. He says a rebuttal. And, and when you hear this rebuttal against Indian re- removal, you'll see how we're in the exact same location right now. Hey, but the good news is if we know what the legal right is, this is what happens in deliverance. They don't want you to know the legal right. And when they do, they manifest. It's manifesting right now. And we do know the legal right. We've actually seen real-time results actually implementing this. And if if I can get the people to join in, because this thing's too big for just me to do on my own, we can literally turn the tide and, and the sky's the limit. You know, we're seeing some unbelievable things happening right now. So anyway, John Ross says, he says there's a, uh, a treaty purporting to be a treaty with the Cherokee people that has recently been made public by the president of the United States. And it says, uh, this treaty is false and fraudulent upon its face, made without sanction and against the wishes of the great body of the Cherokee people. Do we not have a president in office that, that is in office without sanction? It's against that, that election wasn't right. There's so much election fraud. That thing should have been overturned. It's, it's everywhere. And then we have somebody that's in office right now that's against the wishes of the great body of the American people. Why? Because we don't actually have a vote. But and there's a spiritual thing. So you got to understand this is a spiritual battle. And 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 if we deal with this legal right, what happens? We get the power to kick this devil out. And if you understand deliverance, you understand that. Now, since we've done the Trail of Tears, uh, the Trail of Joy tour, it was launched last year out of um the gathering church in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, where the late prophet Bob Jones was buried. Well, you just saw what happened with the chiefs, huh? I mean, some of this stuff's happening, Scott, right now. I mean, right in front of our eyes. It's crazy. So we did four four revivals. The first one, at the first one, uh, a Native American uh, Lakota Indian named Genevieve Skidmore released the word, the curse is reversed. Since that time, we saw Roe v. Wade overturned. We saw a, a Supreme Court landmark case set a precedent that teachers have a constitutional right to pray in schools. Another landmark case went to the Supreme Court, set a precedence that you can use tax money to fund religious education. Those two things are what even allowed Roe v. Wade to take place. This is the principality that we're dealing with. And so we're seeing unbelievable things happen. We've even seen more. You know, you, you've heard what happened at Ashbury University, the revival there. You were just there, right? Yeah, I was there for five days. Give us a report because this is um, what I've picked up here. It's truly amazing. Well, that's that's our fourth stop, Scott. So I have a covenant on my website right now. You go to voicesmercy.net. Go look at it. It says the covenant. It, I, I sought the Lord. Uh, for almost a year and then just uh, the, in the last two months we, we finished the, the touches on it it is a culmination of what happened with the Moravians and what happened at Ashbury University it was called the great experiment they begin to ask people to start praying for 30 minutes a day to seek the face of God and so I combined it also with what happened with the Moravians because God showed us through a bunch of signs and wonders that that was like the key to revival but it can't be a coincidence that two months ago we we start 
getting people to actually partner with us and and start multiplying prayer. I mean, you can go look at it yourself. Not that I'm trying to take any credit. I mean, it's taking everybody to do their part. But, man, we're doing some stuff, and it is going to take all of us. It's not about one man, okay? And you know what? It's God. And the only reason I'm doing any of this stuff is because I heard God. But the thing is, I can't do what God's called me to do by myself, and God designed it that way because God is a God of love and community. Now, on there, uh, it, what they did in Ashbury, and the reason I went to Ashbury, and I think I told you this before, was this is the day I found out that who Bob Jones was. I didn't know he, who he was till two, 2020. 2020, I'm flying to uh, Israel with Gathering of Tribal Nations, Ron and T- Apostle Ron and Taya Harvey, that documentary called Awakened. It, it has them in it, and the Navajo Nation president. And they begin to talk about how, uh, oh, they hope the Chiefs win. I'm like, man, the Chiefs ain't never really won too much. You know what? The, and he goes, well, that's what Prophet Bob Jones said. I said, what are you talking about, Prophet? He said, well, he said, if the Chiefs win, that's going to be a sign of the third great awakening. I'm like, man, I really was kind of like, man, you know, your cheese kind of slid off your cracker, man. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> so anyway, we, we, I'm flying on the plane. God starts speaking to me about it. He said, he's telling me, he says, you're on the plane with the chief of the largest Indian reservation in the nation. I'm like, okay. And he said, and then, you know, that prophecy was about Chiefs winning the Super Bowl in the third grade awakening. I'm like, okay, well, God's speaking to me about it now. So I'm like, I'm kind of interested, you know, like, okay, so I land. First thing I'm checking out is see if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Sure enough, they did, bro. And I'm like, wow, you know, so I come back. I call one of my buddies from North Carolina. I, I tell him, hey, man, these Indians were telling me about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. This guy, Bob Jones, and it's going to be a sign of the third great awakening. And they just won. And God was telling me I was on the plane with the chief of the largest Indian reservation in the world. And he says, man, you know, Bob Jones is, is at that church you were at. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? They said he's dead. He says, no, he's buried there. I said, you're lying. He said, no, man, I'm serious. He's buried at that church. I said, oh, my God, man, really? And so I had already met this pastor. This pastor rolled out the red carpet. In fact, I testified with somebody from Ashbury University, one of the main worship leaders. Her name's Charity. Um, I testified. They wanted me to find somebody. And I testified in uh, the service for uh, the Gathering Church of Moravian Falls on the phone with Charity. Um, all the kids are in uh, other churches testifying, right? And I come and ask him. I'm like, man, you know, is there anybody that could testify on uh, you know, the phone for this church service. And, and they're like, man, everybody's gone testifying. And says, well, um, my roommate, Charity, she was here at like five o'clock in the morning. She's sleeping, but I mean, I guess I could ask her. I got to go testify somewhere else. So all these people are testifying in churches everywhere. All the students, Sunday morning. So they call her up and Charity said, okay, she'll come. So she comes. Now get this, this is mind blowing. Just to show you the accuracy of the providence of God, how intricately involved God is. People don't even understand. So she comes and she says, yeah, you know, uh, I, 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 uh, before I came, I felt like the Lord was telling me I had to uh, sign this contract to go on a mission trip I'm supposed to go on uh, to the Navajo Nation. I said, what? You said you're going to the Navajo Nation? Now, remember, I just told you that when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl the first time on a plane to Israel. Now, this girl that's in this revival, the one of the main worship leaders, just thought she had to. She'd been up until five o'clock in the morning, thought she had to go ahead and sign this contract to go on a mission trip on the Navajo Nation. Scott, when we told the testimony of that to the church where Bob Jones is buried in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the entire church erupted like uh, the Chiefs just won uh, the Super Bowl. I'm not kidding. 
I never heard a church group ever erupt like that in my entire life. And then when she told them that, man, this when I found out about the Native American connection here and all, this is confirmed to me this is where I'm supposed to go. They erupted again like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl again, brother. And so I was just astonished, man. Um, th- I was there Friday night, and the uh, president of uh, Ashbury University, he gave the message, brother, and, and I was shocked. He literally listed every single scripture that is on the covenant on my, on my website. I mean, he's never saw it. Just by the Holy Ghost, man, listed every one about unity, about John, 20, uh, John 17, 21, and us being one. Uh, John thir- uh, 13 about they will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. The Psalms 133, this is where God commands his blessing. And then he says, he says, this type of unity is not coming through no doctrine. This is going to come by the spirit of God. Now, this is a Methodist or supposedly, I don't know, maybe spirit, he might, he's probably spirit filled, I guess. I don't know. And then he says, and the doorway to the kingdom is a crucifix. Brother, my jaw dropped. I, I, I mean, I was in awe. My heart was burning for what I was seeing. That's the God that's stewarding this. You know, and if there's anything, I know it's a Methodist, uh, you know, denomination or whatever. But, man, if, if we prayed for anything, that, that that man, he already has the heart to be a martyr and do what's necessary. He said it in his message. Everything he said was spot on. And, and what he said will bring revival. But if we would pray for anything for the leadership uh, of that revival and him specifically, the president, is that he would have the courage and the understanding to know that we can't put God in a box. Boy, that's well said. And that we can set up, we can set up parameters that God will honor, but it won't let revival flow. But man, I'm going to tell you what. Well, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, man, so, such, so heart moving, man, is to see these kids contending for their hungry, for the glory of God night and day, man. It's like over 170 hours right now, I think. And they're there 24-7, right? Yes. 24-7, brother. Last, the, yesterday, the pitchers, they didn't have no room in the building. They they had two different buildings filled up, and they had people standing in line. Uh, I mean, I don't 200-yard lines on two sides of the building. Wow, that's fantastic. That's just, that's crazy. I want to add to your Navajo thing, though, because if you remember when we talked up at the Covenant event, I told you I was headed there. I don't know if you got the end of that story, but I ended up meeting with the president, the vice president of the Navajo Nation. And he and I, I got an introduction. Someone made the bridge. I was able to get to sit with him and his wife. We sat for five hours and just talked Jesus and talked the importance of, of healing the wound between us to to bridge the first nation with the first, with the last nations, us being last nations. And I delivered a founder's Bible to him. And we ended together standing before Circle Rock, which is their sacred place. And he asked the question, he said, where do we go from here? And I said, just as God put on my heart, we already have begun. Now we just need to continue forward. We've and this whole thing was about bridging, building the relationships and getting rid of the blood rifts between first and last nations. So everything that you're talking about was part of, ended up being in a small piece, part of my heart, but and part of my trip. And what's most amazing is that it was the Navajo nation again. 
It's just incredible. Well, brother, I'm, I'm personal friends with Myron Liza. I'm working with Myron on a, a sheep farming project. We're working with a person from South Africa as a part of the healing. And I'm going to tell you, Myron, I believe God has chosen him to bridge the gap. Um, he's spirit filled, man. He is right on point. You know, him and uh, Jonathan Nez, they, they, Jonathan was a Democrat, Democrat and, and uh, Myron was a Republican. And so I click a lot more with, with Myron than I do uh, Jonathan Nez. But um, I'm telling you, I, I prophesy. What's crazy is I prophesy. Okay, so I was there at Winter Rock when they did the Gathering of Tribal Nations. Robin Bullock was there. Now that's something I didn't tell you about. And uh, Myron supported that bit. He he actually paid for Robin's rooms and all this stuff. But um, his wife prayed over the power grounds. We God moved us on top of the power grounds. We went there because of a word that revived that judgment would would increase in America unless we brought healing into the reservations and that revival would be directly relational to the healing brought into the reservations. And this wasn't just a word, like God gave me a word to do a revival at a certain date. Then I heard a testimony of this guy that went down the Mississippi river. It was the same date, 9, 11, 2020 was my date. They gave the testimony about this guy leaving, uh, going down the Mississippi river on, um, leaving 9, 11, 1999 at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's two, that means two years to the exact hour he left, the first plane hit the towers. So judgment actually happened two years to the exact hour. He took 12 people down the Mississippi River in canoes, bro. I ended up calling him up, and uh, he tells me while he was on the river, he said that God told him that river was going to move through an earthquake. And so I was like, man, I said, dude, I have like seven signs of the same thing. And he goes, oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, I ended up going and, and doing this revival. I had to go to four states to uh, every Indian reservation to do what God told me to do. And it was to give them a form of evangelism that has the power to heal their hearts. See, because what happened really with the Native Americans is they had, a, you know, really a spirit of religion hurt them. And, it, you know, that's the enemy's tactic. It's the same thing he did to Eve in the garden. You know, he accused uh, God uh, to Eve and then basically said, Eve, you know, God don't have your best interest at heart. And then she felt justified to rebel. And then she fell in that trap. And of course it devoured her. Well, the same thing happened with the Native Americans, really a spirit of religion. They had statements like kill the Indian, save the man. So they wanted to strip their culture, cut their hairs. They had all this stuff. And, and that's not the spirit of Christ. It's absolutely not. And so they now they don't want to go to the tent. They don't want to go to the church. And understandably, you know, I can understand it because it was the devil's tactic. Because really, they're very spiritual people. And, I, and to tell you the truth, you know, if the Native American grabs a hold of the gospel and it gets really spirit led, he's, he'll be a revivalist. I've heard that many of the revivalists like Oral Roberts and I believe Bob Jones, um, uh, Kenneth Hagan, I believe there's all kinds of them that they were part Native American uh, and major healing revivals and stuff like that. But. um so I brought this form of evangelism to them that the Lord said had the power to push oppression out of every Indian reservation. So when I'm talking to, uh, I'm up there doing all this and, and my host ends up opening a book and it has this guy's testimony and it is Rahanna. And I realized I got the dates wrong. Like, you know, it's from the time he left or he arrived in New Orleans and I call him back up and I'm like, man, I, you know, we talked, I thought, you know, you told me this and I'm looking at this book and says something else. And he's oh man, it must've been a misunderstanding. I'm sorry. Um, they said, but I do remember those people writing a book. And I said, well, when did you, when did you uh, uh, arrive in New Orleans? He said on 11-11. He 
Now, that's a big reason why I was at the event where you were at and why it was on 9-11, too. I don't know if you know the backstory, but me and the resistance chicks talked about it. And that date, because the reason why I told them they should do it on 9-11 is because of the date of Israel Hannah going down uh, the river. And the reason I went to Plymouth, and it's a significant thing, because 11-11 is the, um, the anniversary of the Mayflower Compact. Okay? And so that's what Israel Hannah said he arrived in New Orleans on 11-11. And I told him, I said, man, that's crazy. I said, we just found out that it's fixing to be the 400-year anniversary of the Mayflower Compact coming up. And he goes, oh, wow, that's interesting. And I said, well, why'd you go down the, the Mississippi River? And that's when he told me, he said that the Lord told him that revival would be directly relational to the healing brought into the reservations. Well, then he goes, oh, my God. I said, what? He says, man, I read the one-year Bible, and, you know, sometimes I use it as a journal. And when God speaks something to me, I'll, I'll write it down in, in my Bible. And I'm looking at today's date, and it says, God, why do you want me to go down the Mississippi River? And I need a sign. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, brother. And so I found out later, okay, that single day, it was 21 years to the exact day, bro. That's 777. That's God's number. That's like God's stamp, his seal of approval. You can't get no more confirmation. The revival we did in Minnesota ended up being 21 years to the exact day and hour. Now, based on that is why we went to Render Rock when they were doing the Gathering of Tribal Nations and Robin Bullock was coming. I was coming solely because of that word, and it was an opportunity for me to serve Ron and Tyra. Okay, and he, you know, that's what he said, that, that revival would be directly relational to healing. So it was an opportunity to serve, and I was we went and did children's church. I took a team from San Diego, California, from Portland, Oregon, you know, you know Paul, Paul Cantrell, he just called me. That's why I got cut off. He, he tried to call. Um, from Portland, Oregon, they bring 10 kids, him, his wife, and 10 kids, bro, all the way to Under Rock. Chris Leeper brings nine kids, and then I bring my family from Oklahoma. We converge in Window Rock. God blows the tent down. Now, the tent was full of mud when I got there. I started putting sand. I, like, moved a dump truck worth of sand so we could do it. Then God blew the tent down. Because he was talking to us about the powwow grounds not 50 yards away. But I was like, man, you can't get get on top of their sacred grounds. You know, they're, they're not going to buy that. In fact, that had never happened in the history of Navajo, ever. Well, when God blew the tent down, Myron Lizer's wife actually came over there and prayed over all the powwow grounds. Bro. And we did the service on the powwow grounds. And, brother, when we led 10 Native American children to the Lord, bro, we sent them back in that tent to ask God, or to ask the uh, to ask their parents if they could be baptized, they came running back to us saying, "There's angels in the tent. There's angels in the tent. There's angels in the tent." And for an hour straight, brother, Robin Bullock, with his hands out and his mouth open, listened to angels or something play the music. For an hour straight, bro, the 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 worship team was not playing the music. Something else, and it didn't even sound like anything I heard from Earth. We saw the videos later, you know, uh, but it was a like exactly what we went for happened in real time, brother. We have a key and it's been proven already. Not not to mention that, but you, you got all this stuff that happened in the same year. You know, Roe v. Wade, the thing with the schools, the thing with prayer. I mean, we're seeing it. But see, the thing the thing about it is this thing is tied to the election. And I believe dealing with this legal right, this root in our country. Is, is imperative to correct our election system. And that why is that important? Because if we don't have a voice, bro, we have no power to hold back tyranny. And that's how we got in this situation. See, it's only the people that could hold the representatives 
accountable. And so Andrew Jackson years ago said, let's see if they can enforce it. Well, without unity, we can't enforce it. But God, we have an opportunity, man, to to not make the same mistake again. I, I believe we're literally facing the exact same thing that the Native Americans faced, that potentially we could literally lose our land. bro. We could lose our liberty. I think that's an amazing connection, one I haven't made, but I completely agree with you. I would like to dig into some of the, the idea of the, the rules and laws in dealing with deliverance work, because you've alluded to it quite a bit, and the importance of understanding what the spiritual contracts and covenants are that we're dealing with, how that kind of looks in this process that you're working with now. Okay, well, what that that Mayflower Compact is is uh, one of the uh, a covenant that uh, has brought great blessing into the United States of America. And, and what the crazy thing about it is, my my birthday actually falls on the 400 year anniversary of Thanksgiving, which was celebrated by the Wampanoag and the Pilgrims. And actually, the Pilgrims were to die, but the Wampanoag actually nursed them back to health and showed them how to survive. Actually. And that lasted the full length of all the signatures. And, and that's really the example of what God wanted. But the Mayflower Compact said, for the glory of God and for the furtherance of the gospel. Brother, the devil was terrified when he saw that. He, he I got to do something about it. So this country's, you know, Masons have come in and tried to pervert it because they don't want that to happen. Because it has the potential to bring great blessing when we put into place and we obey the commands of God and we function off the principles of God because obedience to God's commands brings the blessing. Disobedience to God's command brings the curse. And how is the curse brought in? It actually opens us up to demonic onslaught, which we're experiencing right now. So in the deliver deliverance realm, so say, and I'll give you an example. There's one girl, this is where I started learning about the legal realm. Uh, I started, um, uh, we, we went through deliverance with this girl in the six hour deliverance. I encountered the demon of prejudice. I commanded to come out in the name of Jesus. And it says, no, she's mine. She's obeyed me since she was a little girl, like with an attitude, bro. It, I'm just telling you the truth. It shook my faith. But the Lord spoke to me right then. And he said, command it to tell you what right it has to be there. So even though it didn't have to come out, it still had to tell me. What you mean, if I was interrogating it, see, and I was really, you know, if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit tells you that I say, go with that. But the Holy Spirit told me in that moment to command it. And so I did. And it said it's everything she was taught since she was a little girl. Brother, I'm going to tell you, this is why they teach Black History Month. This this is the purpose is to put a record of wrongs in people's hearts without the understanding that you have to forgive, because if you don't forgive, the devil has a legal right to you. Why? Because you're violating the command to love. And one part of love is love keeps no record of wrongs. And so this this is what gave this demonic prejudice spirit a right to that person. Now, that you know, African-American people were, were dehumanized and mistreated. And that that's a spirit of prejudice. But see, when you when you if you take that record wrong, it's a seed from that same spirit. And every seed will produce after its own kind. You can't get away from that. That's called the law of reaping and sowing. There's these spiritual laws you can't. I mean, all of earth, every piece of blade of grass, every every oak tree, every person, every bird, every fish, is, it, it's, it's a seed that dies, ceases to be who it is, and then life emerges out of it. Okay? And so with a person, this is what happens. So 
I, I knew I was talking to a demon. So I call this girl. I said, Sherelle, Sherelle, I need to talk to you. Sherelle. She comes up like she just came out of water, like she was drowning. Eyes. I mean, I never seen no eyes that big, brother. And she, I tell her, I said, this devil says it has a legal right to you. And it's everything you were taught since you were a little girl. She screams at the top of her lungs, the worst scream I've ever heard in my life. And she calls this devil up. I didn't even tell it to come out. It came out. Because it lost the legal right and it was under the anointing of God and it it was ejected. I was caught soft guard from this encounter, the way this girl screamed. I had never in my life heard a person scream like that. So it was true terror. Um, and so I asked her, I said, Sherelle, why did you scream like that when I told you what I did? And she said, when you said it, I realized, and listen to that, that's the hinge point. The anointing revelation, she she realized that she had spoken that into every one of her children. And she did not want that, brother. Nobody wants that. And so, so we got people, you know, they don't understand the spiritual realm and we get taken captive and we're doing inadvertently doing the will of the devil because we're being taken captive. And that's the only power the devil has. It's illegal to operate on planet Earth without a body. I'm telling you. God does everything he does through a man. The Bible says he does nothing until he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Okay. And so in that moment, I begin to, on this journey of understanding that there's a legal realm and devils gain access to people legally. Okay. So this is why Jesus came to earth. He had to legally take back the authority. That, and, and, and I mean, if we want to understand how, how significant this legal realm is, just look what God had to do. If there was another way, God would have done it. God himself came down, suffered unbelievable, unimaginable suffering to purchase the authority back to give to man and access for man to get back to God. Now, today, we gain that access through repentance. So when that lady in repentance is just a change of mind, as soon as her mind changed, as soon as the revelation came, boom, that devil was gone. It's a little different if you're dealing with a, a country and, and territorial devils. You actually have to have territorial agreement to deal with territorial devils. And, and to tell you the truth, brother, it's probably it, it, it's actually too big for us to even understand. The only reason I know is because God told me specifically what I if I would do it. And it was through a dream I had. I had this dream. I was in Azusa meeting uh, Ron and Tita Harvey and gathering tribal nations. First time I met him. And uh, I was in Azusa Street and um, had a dream and my wife got a word. And uh, the dream was about uh, had Native Americans dancing around the fire. And then some of the sparks hit me and God told me, he says, that's revival fire. And I'm like, OK. And then I wanted to go. I was in the dream wanting to go into this area. It was like two wooded areas and there was a road in front of it. But for some reason, I knew I couldn't go into that area and I didn't know why. And then I woke up and my work, my wife had this word capitulate. I didn't, I couldn't even pronounce it for a couple of days. I didn't know what it meant. My wife didn't know what it meant, but it's kind of God's mo mode of operation that you lose your life to gain it. Right. You, you prefer others. You know, uh, if you, it's just, it's just the opposite. It's the, the wisdom of the sons of Zion, if you will, like in first Corinthians chapter one, um, and, and not the wisdom of the sons of Greece. And there's that battle going on too. But the Lord told me, he said, if you, the, this ministry has a mantle to, to gather the tribal nations. And it was this mantle that Tecumseh had. 
uh, Tecumseh's a Native American from like 18, uh, 1811, 1812. He prophesied the New Madrid earthquake within 24 hours. And that's kind of a repeat that we're facing right now. And, and there's a war waging. And so uh, that's actually how I went there was because of a testimony about Tecumseh. Um, but but anyway, I have this dream and a word. Uh, it ended and there's a billboard that went up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It said uh, God gave me a vision of told me to put it up. Kind of he turned the lights off on a job site I was at and told me to go. I went and put it up. Both the billboard and this dream happened the same night. It is uh, April 9th. 2018 112 years to the exact date of the first person being baptized in the holy spirit in the azusa street revival why is that significant because what god has us working on is the revival william seymour spoke about that there would be a revival twice as strong as azusa it would spread across the united states of america and it would heal the racial divide that's why we're working on this root it has to do with this principality of prejudice and um so I'm going to tell you a little bit about this guy, Tecumseh, because it's very, very important about what's happening right now. So uh, I get a word on August 11, 2016. The Lord tells me the greatest harvest of souls the earth has ever seen is about to hit the planet. He said it will not come like most expect. He said the earth is going to go through a time of fasting. He said, I'm going to cause my people to hunger and thirst to teach them that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceed out the mouth of the living God. That same day, my grandson is born. His name's James Kilo Brown. I couldn't figure out for the life of me why my daughter named him Kilo. But the next day, 140,000 houses flooded. Kilo means thousand. It was a thousand year flood. For five years, God's telling me that he's a key to revival. And at the third one of revival, he actually shows me what that is. It, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But after that flood, two years afterwards, this prophet prophesied to me. His name is uh, Scott Nary, and uh, he's in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And so after two years, we rebuild. Like I, I was walking th August 13th. I'm walking through waist-deep water. I lost everything I had. But God's glory totally eclipsed everything I lost. It was beautiful. And, and you know, if we tap into him, you know, what we have in him will eclipse any natural thing, any temporal thing that we have. And so that sustains us through stuff like that. And God did elevate me through it. You know, the Bible says God's able to judge the wicked and uphold the righteous at the same time. And, and I more than tripled, you know, in net worth because of that, actually. And so he did do that. Two years later, I meet this uh, this prophet. He uh, I'm in his service and um, he, the Lord tells me, get up and go to the back. So I get up and I go to the back. And um, I, I as I come out the aisle this prophet calls my wife up to the front. So I turn around and I'm like, I, I like film it. And uh, he, he says, God's telling me Exodus three, five, take off your shoes for the ground where you stand is holy ground. And so I'm like, wow. And then he, she said, he says, does, does March 5th mean anything to you? Cause the address is three, five, right? She says, that's my birthday. And he says, you're a worshiper, aren't you? She says, yes. She says, God is transitioning you where you're going to change the atmosphere and people are going to take their shoes off because they know they're standing on holy ground. Bro, my, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, what? And like 20 something people all knew my wife and, and knew like everything this guy said was like unbelievably accurate. So I, I, I'm sitting down, I'm taking notes now because this guy's got my attention. And about 30 minutes into the service, he, he said, this is where strongholds come down. He gets hit with the power of God. He goes, she starts praying in tongues and, 
And then he goes, this is where strongholds. And he gets hit again with the power of God. And he starts praying in tongues for about a minute. He's sitting there and he opens his eyes. He looks right at me. He says, you in the glasses. And he said, just prophesy to your wife, stand up. So I stand up. The power of God knocks me back in the, in the chair, bro. I'm like pasted to this chair, bro, trembling under the fear of the Lord. And he, he tells me, he goes, this is basically the prophecy. He says, he says, the, the Lord's both word and spirit. So you have an apologetic thing but you have a heart for the least of these. That was the exact word God told me uh, like probably 17 years before to get me to take that second woman into my house that was married to the uh, the sons of silence. The exact word. Then he says, I see God giving you buses. Three days before, God's telling me to take my whole church over to another congregation to this guy, Tony Spell, that hadn't, he's the only guy that didn't shut his church down in Louisiana and go help him with his services. And I'm like arguing with God about it. And so he's got 28 buses in his parking lot. So he really, that's the like nail in the coffin to get me to bring my whole church over there. Basically, we just started serving his church, stopped doing our church. And it was prophetic message in it. Then he says, I see you out passing out clothes, passing out food. He says, my son, I'm able to take care of you. He said, I'm about to literally launch you. He said, run towards the things I put in your heart and watch me work. And he said, and all this I'll do before November 25th. That's my birthday, bro. Since that time, I'm not kidding you, bro. People have literally given me probably a half a million dollars. So when when people say because of the things God had us doing, and He's always stretching us, like the first one blood revival, we we needed sixty five thousand dollars the same day, but then God raised it, and He He does that stuff all the time. But what this guy said absolutely came true. Now, the crazy thing about it is, three days later, I meet the guy he prophesied about. This guy. I go to his meeting and he says, I was uh, at my brother-in-law's house writing a book. And he said, I got trapped in the 2016 flood. I'm sitting in uh, a lazy boy in two foot of water because I'm trying to find someplace cool because I'm sweating buckshot in the middle of August trapped in this flood. And he said, I started complaining to the Lord. He said, God, I'm not even from this place. He said, I'm your son. You should have told me something about this. I could die here. And, he, and the Lord tells you, I got you right where I want you. <laughs> so he gets quiet. And then he says, the Lord speaks to him and he says, I've touched the Amy and the Comey rivers with my little finger. He said, but I'm going to touch the Mississippi with my hand. So when he says this, he gets my undivided attention. The Amy and the Comey rivers were the two rivers that flooded in 2016, flooded 140,000 houses. And it was a thousand year flood. Now, you remember, I told you about my, my grandson that. For five years, God was telling me he was a key to revival. The third one blood revival I'm setting up for it in Moravian Falls where P Prophet Bob Jones is buried. And um, the pastor there, David White, says, man, on August 13th, bro, this place was wiped out. Every person was on the floor. This 90-year-old man came in, bro, and the Holy Ghost wrecked the place. I said, Dave, you said August 13th? He said, yeah. I said, dude, that's not a coincidence, bro. For five years, God's been telling my grandson is a key to revival. And I was walking through waist deep water uh, the, on August 13th, and God had given me a, a word about revival. He, and I said, there's something uh, significant about that date. He goes, oh, my God. He said, that's the anniversary to the Moravian Pentecost. And so that's the covenant that's on my website. It like Literally, God told us it was the key to revival. Literally, from August 13th until about two months ago, we were seeking God on how to put that covenant together. And it was a combination of the Moravians and the Ashbury University. The reason was 
the day I was flying with the Navajo Nation president to Israel, 50 years to the exact day is when the Ashbury uh, University revival broke out. And then now, the, that was in 1970, February 2nd, 1970, the people in the prayer room all looked at each other and they said, God is going to show up tomorrow. And August, August 3rd, 1970, testimonies begin to go forth for over uh, two weeks. It affected 130 uh, universities. And so God showed me it was 50 years to the exact day. Another crazy testimony is 50 years to the exact day, Mike Bickle received the uh, Truman property that Bob Jones prophesied about. Like God Almighty is like honoring this dude's words, man. And so the culmination of that created that uh, that covenant, man. And I, I challenge you, go to the website, voicesofmercy.net, download that. That's not mine. That's the body of Christ. It's, it's a key for all of us. My gift's not for me. It's for the common good of the body. And that's what that covenant is about. It's what birthed the, the Moravian Pentecost that birthed a 100-year, 24-7 prayer movement, the largest missionary campaign in Christendom. And even Wesley owes his salvation to the Moravians. And right now there's a revival in Ashbury University because of that, bro. And the Chiefs won right in the middle of the revival for the second time. I literally left the revival, brother, day that Bob Jones died on Valentine's Day. That's the day I left. I had no choice. I had to come pick this van up where I'm at in Louisiana right now. We're headed to Portland, Oregon. I don't. I think you're going to be there. You need to think about coming with us, Scott. I don't know if Paul told you about this, but we're going to the church, bro, that stole William Seymour's uh, mailing list, bro, and shut down Azusa. It's in Portland, Oregon, and it's still there. They, they were sending out things saying that they were actually – the apostolic newspaper. And we're going to do a land assignment to uncap the wells of revival. Do you also, this is very key. In 2022, on 222, God sent me to this church called Freedom Fellowship. It was founded on July 4th. I was asking God about this revival day. Everybody kept talking about it. I didn't know why, but this is why. Because like there's three Kansas City prophets all, all were buried on that day. Bob Jones, Paul Kane, and John Paul Jackson. It's also the day Martin Luther, uh, the reformer, died, and it's the day George Washington was birthed. Now, George Washington prophesied, there's a prophecy in the uh, Library of Congress where he had an encounter with the angel called Union. And, the, and he told him about three conflicts that would happen in America, and there's a third world war that he said would be fought on American soil. Okay, Bob Jones was told the same thing. This is why we're assembling 24-7 prayer at every one of our stops. Bob Jones died in 1975 and he was in heaven. He hemorrhaged and, and died. And uh, Jesus told him, he said, uh, Bob, I need you to go back to earth. Um, I need you to touch some young leaders in uh, Kansas City. Uh, that's going to steward a new movement. I'm ri rising up. And he says, Lord, I, I don't want to go back. He said, those people don't listen to me. And Jesus told him, Bob, you're a liar. That my words always come true. And so not a good meeting, in my opinion, it wouldn't be one that I would like, but I get rebuked like that too. So, but anyway, he said, there's going to be a third world war on American soil, a limited nuclear exchange, uh, a temporary displacement of the government of America. And I'm going to bring a billion souls out of it. And he says, this movement that's coming up in Kansas city, the night and day prayer, wherever it's done, it will create a canopy of refuge for what's coming into America. Now he talked about protection and he also talked about food. 
So there was an indication of a famine. So that ties right into the word God gave me that the whole world would fast and that he was going to cause his people to hunger and thirst to teach them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. Now get this, this is crazy. So on the day two, 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 I went to this place because this guy, Adam rising, he's now our, our lead intercessor and he builds altars to the Lord, you know, and he was building an altar to the Lord in that location, six days a week, three hours a day for several months. The Lord told me, if you're going to go anywhere on, on that day, you should go to a place where somebody's been building this altar to me. So I went, I drove three days, 12 hours a day to get there. The day I get there is the day I meet Paul Cantrell. He's calling me about doing 24-7 prayer at the Capitol in Salem where I'm fixing to do my, my revival. That's how we met. Now I freaked out. Well, the guy that I partnered with with the tent had a vision that day of a, a eagle with Indian feathers on it swooping into the Mississippi River, grabbing a snake, and then flying out with the snake. Well, he tells us that, and the people there – are like, okay, well, you know, and this one guy, his name's Sam, he says, do you know where that's at on the map? And he says, yeah, I can show you. You pull up a map, I'll show you. And he takes a, a ring off of his finger, bro, with an eagle with Indian feathers on it and hands it to Ryland. I'm like, wow, man, you know? And then, uh, so he he shows him on the map. He says, I know what that is. And he, he takes out a picture and he shows it to us. It's an X drawn on uh, the middle of the United States. And, and the X is in uh, Missouri. It's in Jackson, Missouri, on the Trail of Tears State Park, on the New Madrid fault line. It's the second great American solar eclipse that comes through. The first one, we didn't even know this. We're actually taking the exact line from Salem, Oregon, all the way to the Cherokee Reservation. The one in 2017 came. And this one makes an X on April 8th. Remember I told you the day that I went to Azusa was April 9th. That's one day exactly before the anniversary of Azusa. The catalyst for Azusa was an earthquake. And the last earthquake was prophesied by an Indian named Tecumseh exactly one day before it happened. That guy, Russell, that got trapped in the flood, he began to research the Mississippi River after God told him he was going to touch the Mississippi with his hand. And he came across this account about a Native American named Tecumseh. And he was told to give red sticks to every single tribe and they would decrease every new moon. And when they all had one red stick signifying their own one accord, he would deliver the word God gave them and God was going to give them the victory and, and their land. The people that were taking their land would stop taking their land. Well, they got to the last tribe, the red stick tribe, no doubt he's giving red sticks out. Right. And uh, the chief tells him, he says, well, who appointed you chief above chiefs? He said, we ain't gonna listen to you. And so he says, okay, well, so you know I was sent from God. This is what's going to happen. He said, my sign's going to appear in the sky. Then I'm going to stomp my feet, and all your houses are going to fall on the ground. So in 1811, a comet appears in the sky. Tecumseh stomps his feet, and in less than 24 hours, all their houses fall on the ground. Because evidently, God stomped his foot in the middle of the United States. It formed a 30,000-acre lake called Real Foot Lake in Tennessee. He prophesied the New Madrid earthquake within 24 hours of it happening. It was an 8.8, .8, a 7.7, .7, and an 8.1 earthquake that reversed the Mississippi River and changed its course. The 222 on that day, 777 days from that day, that thing makes an X on the New Madrid fault line. Brother, there's so much divine alignment with this. It's absolutely astonishing and unbelievable. You think that there could be no more? Well, check this out. 1776, If you the, the equation for it is 2 times 2 
times two times 222. <laughs> Brother, there's no way that happens except unbelievable, unfathomable, majestic, all striking, intelligent design. And, and God is, is trying with everything. We'll have no excuse. I mean, how, how there's so, there's no way we could give, be given more signs and God's trying to get our attention. Why? Cause you know, very likely something is, we're going to contend for revival and hopefully, you know, could push back judgment. I believe that's what happened with Azusa. They were passing out cards that said last call. They believed the coming of Christ was intimate. Now these, these guys prayed for seven hours a day. So I believe they were probably hearing God pretty good. What if Azusa, what if, the Azusa Street Revival pushed back the coming of Christ a hundred years because they thought it was imminent, right? That Seymour was praying seven hours a day. Parham was probably praying close to that also. And it, and it looks just like what's happening right now on a larger scale. There really is something amazing happening in the country. And from the conversations that uh, we've had recently when, and just looking at the number of people that are being called to do these ground level revivals in various forms. So, you know, you, you've got your calling to be doing these events and they're as, as part of the- what I'm doing is actually following the trail of tears and in exact locations where God has sent us. But there's the, what you're talking about is the local works there. And then it's another team of people that I'm working with. So I kind of got a lot of irons in the fire. So you've got that, your, your event, we've got another group, um, Jamie and Rob, Aggie, who do Banners for Freedom, they've been called to do these revivals across the country. He's got an RV now. He's going. We've got— Come on, bro. I got to call him yeah, up, Yeah, and so you've got—and then the Resistance Chicks told me about another group that's doing revivals. Then as I—the day that I—people have been asking me about Bart's Fest, and I'd been—we did the big a national repentance revival, I guess is the easiest way to frame Bart's Fest, which was in September of 2021— August, September, 2021. And so we had that in St. Louis, right at the center. That's where God led. It was like at the center of the nation, at the mm. place where it was the, the gates to the West. Right. Mm. And so we had that yes. there, incredible event. And then they've been asking me about another Bars Fest last year. God made it very clear. No, no Bars Fest last year. People needed to focus on their homes and their foundation and faith. So that's what we focused on. Mm -hmm. And so this year God put on my heart to set up 500, County level podcasters, and that's moving forward. Mm. And we've talked about that. I want to because we want to close here with the discussion about this county by county thing. And then, as I'm doing that, and uh, it's been kind of one night, he just says, "I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine, a special forces uh, veteran," and God just says, "You're doing Bards Fest." I'm like, okay. So I, I mean, I've been through this before. I just don't even, you don't hesitate. You just go, okay. So I get on the show the next, right after <laughs> it's like 15 minutes into this. I'm like, oh, by the way, we're doing Bards Fest. Well, now this Bards Fest idea has grown and I don't even know how many we're going to do yet, but it's, it's all these localized regional Bards Fest. And it's all about, mm. it's all framed on our county by county model, which is yes. you know, home churches, homeschooling, uh, Patriot Gardens, right work, which is working for yourself with the gifts and talents God gives you, health and wellness, essentially reclaim your 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 control over your health and wellness through God's blessings and and, and just good health and diet and, and the medicines he provides in the world. Um, informed action, 
which is a whole range of things to include the understanding of our sovereignty, the understanding of the covenants, to understanding what's going on in our local community and building paper libraries, which is a really interesting one because there's a real sense that we're going to lose the connections for a time that we become dependent upon, right? And and then the final is conservation and stewardship. Learn how to work with what I give you and to maximize it because there's a, there's a piece mm. in this that where it's this principle of where much is given, much is asked, but that is like each step yeah. as we learn to maximize what he gives us, more is given, right? So there's a lot in that. So you shared with me, and this is where I kind of want to close this, this show today with our, with our conversation, uh, and we'll have more in the future, but you sent, you have your own framework, which was surprisingly similar that God put on your heart. I have seven items you have 11, and it's very much the same principles of a county by county. Can you go through those? Um, yeah, so uh, the first one is uh, a localized economic system that works off of uh, time uh, uh, time bartering and then uh, regular bartering. So there's, um, there's two parts of it. Um, then we have uh, small hand shift nations, which is our reclaiming um reclaiming uh education piece we have um local uh farms and markets working together we have uh um uh, a seven mountain project reclaiming all seven gates of influence i don't have those right right in front of me well let me let me go through because you sent them to me so let me just read through them here so You've got number one here, local food and markets, which is pretty impressive. It's like Patriot Gardens with another extension to it. You had uh, podcast local communication, very similar to the county by county podcast that I'm working on now. Tactical civics, which is, again, that's an informed action thing. That's getting into sovereignty, uh, state, national, understanding our true rights. Well, it's uh, what that is, uh, is um, it's actually just two two mechanisms, really is uh, the constitutional grand jury and the constitutional militia. And so it's an educational process and the way that they do it. You can go to tacticalcivics.com to get with them. So what all these aren't just, I have some of them that are my own creation, but a lot of them are just me partnering with other people that have already got something that's uh, very effective. And I think that's essential if we're going to be effective at, at taking stuff back is, is we got to realize that, you know, uh, my gift's not my own and God doesn't give one piece, all the parts and he wants us to work in community. So there are a lot of them that aren't actually mine, but there are some of them that are actually mine. We steward within our own ministry. The other ones are partnerships that we bring to every place, but tactical civics, they, they, their, uh, plan of action is they, they do not go into action until they have one half of 1%. And, and that keeps people from being able to stop you. Because you already reach critical mass, and when you turn the lights on all at one time, there's no way they can stop you. And it's actually a constitutional right, both of those things. And they've done some things unconstitutionally. They put a, a, a prosecutor in front of the grand jury where the people don't have access from to it, and that's actually the people's enforcement arm. And the constitutional grand jury is a paper tiger without the militia. That's a well-trained, well-regulated militia. That's what the Second Amendment says. It's not a right to bear arms. It's a well-regulated militia. And this this was going on 800 years before this nation was formed is where this information comes from. And so um, both will be trained in instantaneously, instantaneously be able to go into action. 
And these things are actually put on government websites. Interesting. It's actually a functioning part of the government. So it's not something rogue. And they want to give the militia a bad name and stuff like that because they don't want you to have that enforcement on. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, I do get it. You have precinct captains, which is another interesting one. That was talked a lot about by Steve Bannon, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, sheriff and pastors. This is a big one on with me. I've talked to Paul about that. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful, bro. He's, he's really pushing hard on that. Kingdom schools, which is great. That's a, an extension of the homeschooling piece. Yeah, we, 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 what we do is we actually get people to start homeschool hybrids, mm -hmm. not just in homeschool because a lot of people don't have the ability to do it, but we go into churches, and that way we inform the churches, and then we do homeschool hybrids in the church. Now, if you want to bring it into a fully accredited school, you can do that. And there's many mechanisms we have. I don't really care. I don't want to get an argument on which one you choose. Just put the kids in a lifeboat so we can save kids and start saving the nation. Oh, amen. I don't care. Amen it's on that. My biblical worldview. Yeah, absolutely. Amen on that all the way through. Uh, USA Transformation, what is that on your seventh line on That That's our Seven Mountain project, man. It's a fully, uh, uh, it's, a, it's, it's already all in place. Um, the surprisingly enough, uh, some Colombians actually have partnered with us and made everything available for free. We're in the process of translating it in, all into English. We've got quite a bit of it uh, translated. I actually translate uh, two times a week, uh, and it has a model where you can transform cities in five years and eight months. And they've had some very successful pro uh, projects, but it's really just bringing everything back in alignment to the biblical model. Nice. And that would be, you know, everything, you know, from, um, you know, government, uh, education, uh, media, arts, uh, just the whole deal. Uh, all of them barred into a biblical model where we go take these things back. And we also have, a, uh, it's mentioned a little bit further down here, but we're, the 11th item, disciple making movements, we employ that into every mountain. Because that's the original model of evangelism that the church lost, but it literally has the power to take the land back. It takes dominion wherever it goes. So we employ that in any arena that we go into. That model is being used in Iran. It's attributed for the fastest growing church movement in the world right now. And um, there's a documentary called Sheep Among Wolves. Uh, and we work with one of the guys that was involved with all that. And then you've got uh, Kingdom Nation and Kingdom Economics. So how does that vary from your USA transformation? Well, King, King, um, Kingdom Economics is is really a localized, more like along the local works, a localized economy because we all have an economy within ourselves. If you look at the early church, it says they claimed nothing for themselves, and but they had everything in common, and there was no needy person among them. Okay, so if you operate kingdomly, you have an economic system no matter what happens. If your, your fiat money falls or whatever, if you can function that way, and so what we what we have is a, um, a time bartering system and a bartering system, and uh, it's not totally complete right now. We're working with uh, a lady that has two do uh, two masters in uh, economics, um, but we do have some pieces put together, and we will make that available. And like it's fully available to you, Scott. I mean, we're going to give it away. Mm -hmm. um, that's just our posture because you're talking about people starving to death or not. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to make money off of that. No, I'm no. We're we're trying it. to we're trying to mobilize people to get ready because this is we're going to need to build resilience. And this is a lot of where I we have a lot of kinship here in this. And it's well, we should because all of this is God given, which is really amazing yeah. because the county by county model was put on my heart by God th over three years ago. So I think we're coming up on our fourth year.
and literally talking about that in terms of what we need to do to remain resilient and to detach. I mean, as God put it on my heart is imagine that each person is seeding a small forest. And when there's enough small forests out there, enough groves, it can't ever be taken down again. Everything is about breaking apart and giving us control back into our lives and accountability, which is such a big deal. You, you know, I think, and I'll just try to reiterate what I believe is, is absolutely imperative that was going to cause us to be uh, successful at all of this. And, and just hopefully this is a word to anybody else that may be doing things to try to reclaim things. Don't try to like own it. Just like the early church, don't claim any of your possessions as your own, but have everything in common. And when you do that, you know, Zig Ziglar said this, if you help enough other people get where they want to go, you'll oh, get where you want to go. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and with you, Scott, man, I mean, what you're doing, we want to work with you tight. I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, Amy Schaefer, she's somebody that's also got the same heart as you and, and to really come together because what happens is we get more complete, you know, if we just give access to each other and that's the way God's designed it. Cause you got gifts. I don't have, and I have gifts. You don't have, and Amy's got gifts that neither one of us have, but when we come together, you, you, you get the whole. And so, if we get in that, one of our biggest problems is we, especially the church, they, they compete against one another. Man, that's not of God. That's not, the Bible says your gift is not your own. It's for the common good of the body. You're literally supposed to give your gift to the other parts of the body. And that's who it's for. It's not even for you. But the, the even, and I'm just, just a rebuke to the church. Okay. They started functioning like the world and competing against one another. Okay. Instead of preferring one another okay if if we do that if we prefer one another we'll complete one another and that's what our nation was founded off of you know united we stand divided we fall that's the truth right there you and i see that exactly the same way i mean this is something that too many people are trying to grab hold of an idea and and i I won't i'm not accusing anybody in particular but we just see it too often when you try to grab hold of an idea and it becomes theirs it becomes a brand it becomes something and quite literally, what we're trying to do here is to connect. You know, the one thing that I will say that's been really a gift, and God's led this, is this fellowship that's happened under this umbrella that we call Bard's Nation. But the biggest part about that is it's now a, a, an org, it's got enough foundation and connectivity with it that as it goes into the world, we're able to expand and connect with so many others. God's been doing this, in my opinion, around the world where groups have been coming together, but now the calling is for these groups to build the Mm -hmm. bridges between each other, because this is the fabric now that's going to hold this whole thing together as the earth shakes literally. And as the world that we know it falls, I think the part that most people don't deal with well is the idea that you have to, this whole system has to come down. It's all by its root. It goes to Babylon. And so you cannot have anything of the old system in order for God to come into the new. It has to all be broken to the ground. And if we will just. Got to have new wines. Right, exactly. It's, that's the perfect analogy. And if we don't embrace, embrace that, then what we're going to try to do is put new wine in the old wineskins. And is and we've been told that you just cannot do that. And so God needs Come that on. place for us to endure together, to be there together. And then as we do, hold on as the shaking occurs because he will, as you said, an umbrella will be put around us and He will we will endure this. And then we will be part of the rebuilding in the most miraculous way, I truly believe. But it's going to be quite a shaking. And I think we are now in the actual operational window of the shaking. I mean, I think we're, we've been seeing it move faster and faster. 
I don't know what this looks like in the end. I, I don't make those predictions, but I can just say that buckle up because it's coming and it's coming faster by the day. And if you aren't listening, it's going to be a really rough ride hanging on to that avalanche that you're now in instead of ahead, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that last object, the Kingdom Nation, that's actually a global um, a network of people that are much like the localized uh, piece that you talked about. And I think I, I connected you with Abraham John. Did you, did you, were you able to connect with him? Uh, not yet. We're still working on it. I mean, it's just been my schedule. Okay. It's not him. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, but he, he has a, a global um, autonomous, you know, uh, functioning society. That's a kingdom society um, and meant for, for other people to come into that kingdom nation, but that nation is going to function uh, under the, the guidance of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and they have their own uh, currency and stuff. Um, so it's a, a cryptocurrency and, you know, just basically all the different pieces. But of course, like anything, they they welcome other people in because they, they definitely don't have all the pieces right now. But that's a, a global uh, thing. And my, my good friend, Abraham John, uh, he released the uh, book, uh, The Birthing of a Kingdom Nation on January 1st. Um, my, my daughter had a child that day and <laughs> my second grandson and his, uh, name actually means ruler. So it's like my daughter keeps birthing these things that have to do with revival and what God's doing on planet earth. It's crazy. As God does some cool stuff. I tell you. Uh, yeah, he definitely does. Devin, we, we are, um, blessed to have you here today. And I, just give us some points here for people to know where to find you and to follow you. Yeah. So we have a trail of joy tour Facebook page. You can find us at trail of joy tour.com voices of mercy.com voices of mercy.net. Um, we're going to be in seven spots this year. I really encourage you to be a part of it starting in March, little rock, Arkansas, then Jackson, Missouri, one year prior exactly to that second solar eclipse, making an X there at the trail of tears state park. Um, Nashville, Tennessee, we, we're going to be uh, dealing with the Athena at the Parthenon. It's a 70-foot foreign god in the middle of our country that we believe needs to come down. You know, um, And so that's going to be a very interesting stop. Um, and that's going to be done. Like we start um, our, our deal, like our 24-7 worship. And you could even say protest in that place, prayer and worship, protesting Antichrist spirits. On April 30th, they say that that is called um, um, May Day, and it's uh, supposed to uh, be a high satanic sacrifice day. So it's very significant. Then we go to Wilmore, Kentucky, where the Ashbury University revival is happening right now. Then Cherokee, North Carolina, Fort Mill, South Carolina, and Miami, Florida, uh, the reversing the curse that's on the nation. There's a call out for laborers and people who want to finance our missionary campaigns going back into all reservations starting in October 2023. Uh, we do reclaiming education, um, reclaiming family, disciple making movement trainings and the shepherd and the sheriff's conference with constitutional lawyer Chris Ann Hall, uh, Pastor Caleb Cooper that stood in a pandemic, didn't shut his church down. In fact, Sheriff Glenn Hamilton deputized this entire church. And so we're inviting sheriffs and shepherds to come uh, discover their constitutional right and duty to stand against uh, the spirit of Antichrist, which manifests in tyranny against men. And so once again, uh, trailjoytour.com, 
we if you want to get involved, my number is two two five yes one two three four because God's just looking for your yes, and He will do the rest. If we give Him our yes, then God will use us to save the nation and save our kids. Amen. Amen. We always close with a prayer, and today I'm going to ask you if you would like to lead the prayer. Absolutely. Father God, we just give you thanks, Lord. Our hearts are overwhelmed with gratitude, Lord, of, of what you're doing. Lord, I, I'm so thankful for uh, Scott and Local Works, Lord God, Bards Fest, the whole deal, God. I, I just ask, Lord God, that you would bring staff. We pray for laborers. We pray for finances uh, for Scott, his operation, Lord God. Um, uh the, the a, a, AGs, we ask the same thing for them, Lord, the resistance chicks, Lord God, uh, everybody that's saying yes to you now, Lord, that you would send them laborers, that you would send them finances to fuel that vision, Lord God, just like a car that does not have gas, a ministry without um, finances doesn't go very far. And Lord, we need all hands on deck, Lord God. So Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would awaken patriots, Lord God, and uh, martyrs, Lord God, that would be ready to. Uh, sacrifice their honor, their fortunes, and even their very own lives to make sure that we don't lose liberty on our watch. Lord, we lift up the children of the, the United States of America where we see you pouring out revival in Ashbury. Uh, in Fort Mills, we see some revival. Even there's lots of other places, I'm sure. We lift up these young people, Lord, that they would even provoke the adults to jealousy, God. Lord, I thank you they got no filters, Lord God, like we do. Lord, use them to deliver us of the spirit of religion, God. I pray that you would break off restraints, Lord God, that we would be unbridled to be just led by the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, we cry out for help, Lord. We seek your face, God. We humble ourselves. We pray, Lord. And Lord, if you show us, Lord, we commit to turn from our wicked ways. Some things we don't even see, God. If, we, if we're deceived, if we can't see it, if we have blind spots, Lord, we, we ask you to show it to us by the Holy Spirit. And then we commit, Lord, to, to repent, Lord. And Lord, we know that you're faithful to do what your word says. And then you will hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and you will heal our land. But we thank you for all that you're doing already, God. Equip us, Lord. Strengthen us. Give us faith, God. Father, we bless this broadcast. We bless all those that are listening, Lord. And Lord, we just decree and declare, Lord. America shall be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Fantastic. Devin, thank you very much. It's just great being on here. Look forward to seeing you at the Portland event because I'll be there. So it's going to be awesome. Yes. And uh, we've, got a, we've got some great things to incubate, talk about, and bring to life. So it's going to be, it'll be some fire, I'm sure. <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, think about that two-two-two day if you want. We're going to be opening some red wells of revival there in Portland. So just think about it. Absolutely. No, we're going to talk all about it when we get up there. There's a lot. There's a whole vision I got to share with you when we get up there in person. Awesome. And we'll talk all about it. So it's going right, to be great. So love you, brother. Have a blessed. Love you too, man. Have a blessed day. You too. Bye bye. Goodbye. God bless. So Patriots, that was Pastor Devin O'Neill. I love the guy. He's awesome. We just, like I said, we hit it off running the minute we met. I want to share just a quick story with you as we close, and I'll probably bring it up again tonight. But he and um, Pastor Paul Cantrell, who is another uh, really good friend of mine, and Paul's in Portland, they went out to pray 
on that event that day he was talking about. They did it the day before I got there, so I wasn't able to join him. But they went out to pray at a church that had stolen a uh, roster of names. It, the pastor had been pushed out, and they took the roster of names, and they were using the pastor's name as if it was him sending out emails to raise money, which was all fraudulent. And so they started praying, and they were told that God led them to pray with a box over their head for two hours in front of the church with this, with the words, do not put God in the box, on the box. And they started praying. It was an open blue sky. They were, when they left that prayer, there were six, there was six inches of snow on the ground and Portland got 17 or 18 inches of snow that night. I've seen the pictures. It's pretty profound. So I just say, when you're speaking to God and you've got the power of the Holy Spirit working with you. You never know what's going to happen. Patriots, thanks for being here. We'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, 
which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 